All right, folks, we are finally here to game week for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Season's about to kick off here. Jerry Kill's returning to town. We got the full crew here. Fellas, how you feeling? Good, man. It's been a long time coming. We're finally going to get Gopher football within, what, 48 hours here. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm ready for it to be back, finally. I'm doing good. It's good, Sam. I'm glad you're doing well. Oh, how was how were you last week? Did you miss us? I did. Wish you guys wish you would have came golfing up in Cumberland. Yeah, that's all right. All right, guys. Um, so here we are, a few nights before the Thursday night kickoff. We already had a Big Ten game. I just want to talk about this really quick because we were gonna predict the finishes here of the West and the East for the Big Ten conference. And uh we got the benefit of seeing this game first, and it definitely affected my prediction. Northwestern upset Nebraska. Um, Jody, you switched your spread pick last last second last mm. to take Nebraska to cover, and um, it didn't what work a out. Mistake is you know. But what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, like we really do. I don't know what it is. Like every year, it's just like I know better than that. I just know better than that. I I messed up and. Yeah, it's a sh- I don't know. Nebraska, I know this is off kind of tangent for us, but Scott Frost, I think it's his, his time's up. Now, granted, he, I think I think he's shown spurts of being an all right coach. I mean, he took a UCF team who didn't win a game in 2014. They were literally selling free beer at their bars to their patrons just so they could watch the game and stuff. Um I remember one of my friends that was from Central the Central Florida area was telling me that. Um, and he took them on a great undefeated seasons. I just I think he might have it in him. I just think this particular program, this team is just not something he can he can handle. I I just think he needs to take his I guess his talents elsewhere. If there is any talent. So let me get you guys' opinion really quick here. Just a quick prediction. Do you think he is still the coach when they face the Gophers later in the season? But, like, just, I think it's either at the end of October or early November. No. I think they do a mid-season change? Uh, yeah, I think the fans will demand for it. Like, that bike director will do it. Yeah. I feel like they're going to feel the pressure. I don't think they're a good team. And people, for some reason, were really hyped. Like, this was the year, and... If they're as bad as they played Northwestern, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't see them him lasting. Like, why, why waste the time? Might as well shuffle someone else in. Um, I'm yeah. gonna take a bad answer. Sorry, I'm jumping back in here. Just, and I'll let you guys guess. I think it depends on what the contract says and when that buyout date is. I think that's gonna play a big that's factor true. for how long he lasts. Um, I, if that wasn't a factor, I it just looked like the same team from last year to me to start off the year again, which means they can't win close games. And in the Big Ten West, especially in the Big Ten, you're going to get a lot of those. So I would guess that if that's not a factor, I just with the start, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think he would be there either. Yeah, yeah. It seems it seems like the the skill positions probably improved a bit. Um, I think Casey Thompson looked from a quarterback perspective good, but kind of like we said last week with with how bad Nebraska's O-line is, it was tough for him sometimes to, to make some of those throws. He did have that one awesome scramble um, and deep ball, but then same on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they look terrible. And if you're going to be in the Big Ten, like, it's just not a not the style of football that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm just looking at their schedule. Like, 
if they drop like if they drop the game to Indiana, they probably may might against Purdue or an Illinois team who I think could give them some trouble. I mean, if you drop all those games, it's over. There there's no coming back from that. And they are easily poised to doing that just just based off of this last game. So I, I think he'll be gone. I don't think they beat Indiana. I mean, they've got a good coach and <laughs> Ross is not the guy. I, that's too close to the game, and I think they'll get out coached easily. Yeah, well, let's let's just transition here because I I mentioned it last week. I just want to go through. We don't have to come up with specific records, but I have an order of what I'm predicting the uh, Big Ten West to finish in. Um, so last week, as we covered, Sam will get your take on this when when you go over your guess on the finish. But I have the Ghosts finishing ten and two. I know it's a little bit of Homer. My brain tells me nine and three, but I'm going ten and two. Strong season. I think we win the West with that record. Um, I have Iowa. I have Iowa finishing. I I'm trying to think of how the tiebreaker would work here. I have Iowa and Wisconsin both at nine and three, and in second and third. Um, I do think Wisconsin beats them. So I think Wisconsin would technically be in second place there, and then Iowa. And after them, I have Purdue fourth and then after purdue this is the new one right that game played a lot on this i have northwestern now behind purdue and then i have nebraska and illinois evened up at the bottom i i don't know how the tiebreaker would work but i'll go i'll go for purposes i think it'll go nebraska and illinois right behind them Mm, nice um i'm i like that order I, i like your reasoning behind it kurt and everything I have it a little different. I well, Sam. Uh, I have the Gophers going um, eleven and one. It was definitely an emotional pick. Um, you know, I just Holy think, shit. I just think, be, and, and we can get into it a little later. But essentially, if you look at, we are capable of winning all the games. I don't know if we will per se, but I think we match up great with everybody. But. Anyways, I think Gophers will be number one. I think right behind us will be Iowa. I think Iowa will beat Wisconsin this year, and I think that they'll be able to take you know take that second spot. Um, Wisconsin will fall right behind them, and then I have Purdue. Um, right after Purdue, I have um, Nebraska. I think Nebraska will hold on there. Um, I still think Frost will be gone, but I have Nebraska there. Illinois will be the after that, and then I have Northwestern. I know Northwestern won this first game, but I don't know if I can jump on their side yet after the abysmal season last year. So I still have them in last place. It is an even year, so that's probably I'm kind of a believer in that aspect of Northwestern too, of how they've been winning the West sure. the last two even years. It's weird. It's just it doesn't make sense, but it's happened twice already. So I'm <laughs> gonna keep them where I got them. Yeah. I I think I've got pretty similar to what you guys have been saying, and then yeah, the the tiebreakers. I might actually have Wisconsin winning the West if I'm looking at my prediction right, because I have both the Gophers and the Badgers going ten and two, but I have us losing to Wisconsin. Um, and Sam, I had our losses to Illinois and and Wisconsin, but beating Iowa, and I have Wisconsin losing to Ohio State and Iowa. <laughs> so how are the tiebreaker works out there? I don't remember, but uh, coming up next, I had Iowa and Purdue both at nine and three. Uh, then I had Nebraska at six and six, 
Uh, I had Northwestern at four and eight. I thought they would lose to Nebraska, but now that might change. And then I had Illinois at three and nine. The scary three and nine. Yeah. So Max is going to be the pessimistic pessimistic one because Kurt, I I was right on with you. I I my brain wants to say nine and three, but I'm gonna go with ten and two because I think it's doable. Really? I I don't think the West is good this year, guys. I think Iowa won't be able to repeat the season they had even close. Um, I could be very wrong about that, but they seem like they just had a lucky season. I think Wisconsin, we still might have them. Um, I like that we have some people coming back, and it sounds like we're somewhat reloading decently well. Um, I don't know about Wisconsin. Wisconsin lost some like key players on defense, which was, you know, that's their highlight. They did lose a lot of defense, yeah. <laughs> which, so, I mean, it looks like their offense is on the come up, but their defense will definitely be on the down. Nebraska cakewalk. Illinois, I always think they're frauds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like it, Sam. Yeah, I I think we got Iowa and Northwestern. And then I think we honestly have two losses are to Penn State and Michigan State. I think Penn State will just end up being the better team. Michigan State will have a shitty game or something or something. I I think Penn State will be a little bit more back this year and Michigan State will be down. But I still think we just have a bad game. It just... Yeah. Seems to happen at that midway point. I don't know if I would say the West isn't good this year. I just think that there's uh, a flaw in in most of the teams, and I think the Gophers' flaw flaws would be the smallest. I think the Gophers are the best rounded team for sure in the West, yeah. and and one of the better rounded teams in the Big Ten this year. Um, now for the the East, I I didn't really promise a, a or tell you guys we were going to break down the East. I don't think, but. I'm torn because part of me saw the Michigan playoff game right, and they got destroyed by Georgia, but Georgia was amazing. Uh, and two, they were so more, much more physical than Ohio State, and, and the Big Ten network was hyping up Michigan's offensive line like it's going to be just as good, if not better, than last year, for sure the best in the Big Ten again. We're getting Ronnie Bell back on the outside, so... <sighs> This is super early, and it's just for fun for predictions. But as of right now, I lean Michigan winning the East again. So I have a battle for the little brown jug in the Big Ten Conference Championship game. That would be Um, I I don't like our odds because Michigan and Ohio State are, I think, just two giants in the league this year. Um, Ohio State 11-1, Michigan 12-0. And and then from behind them, I I have Penn State. Behind them, I have Michigan State. Behind them, I have Maryland. And then I have Rutgers and then Indiana. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have Indiana and then I have Rutgers. Nice. Nice, Kurt. You know, um, gosh, like, I, I agree with some of your points there. Here's the thing that I just don't know. I don't know if Michigan can, can go into the shoe and, and beat Ohio State. I just don't know if that can happen. We haven't seen it, you know. Um, now I know they're going to be a great team. Ohio state's always going to reload and stuff, but, um, I just think that Ohio state has a slight edge simply because they're at home for that big rivalry game. Michigan will be right behind them. Um, afterwards I have Penn state. I think Penn state will be a better team than last year. And I certainly do think that they'll be better, be better than Michigan state. Um, I have Michigan state following after Penn state, Maryland after them. Um, I have Rutgers ahead of Indiana. I think that Rutgers will will take that second to last spot. Um, 
And I just don't know if Indiana is going to have that great of a year this year. Yeah, for, guess- the, for the East, I've got Ohio State going undefeated. Um, like you said, Spence, I think getting Michigan at home, they're going to be pissed off. That's, I mean, that's always going to be their game that circled, but especially now that they've been beat. Um, so then winning the East. Uh, but I do have Michigan going 11-1 and one also. Um, their schedule actually looks pretty nice. Outside of going to Iowa and obviously to Ohio State, um, but I think they could definitely go 11-1 and one and have a, a pretty strong season like last year. Um, after them, I think Penn State, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. I think they go 8-4. and four. I think they lose that first game to Purdue. Uh, then Michigan State, 7-5. and five. Maryland, 5-7. and seven. Rutgers, 4-8. and eight. And Indiana, 3-9. and nine. But I like Indiana. But I don't have anybody. Yeah. And just, just to throw this in there, too, why I'm picking Ohio State. Sorry interject here but um ryan day is a great coach and i think that he is a wonderful motivator especially of his football team i look back at when they lost to clemson remember uh in the in the playoff and they kind of got beat up by them um he took that and just motivated his team and then the following year they completely crushed them Uh, i just think that he's going to be able to motivate his team this year against michigan to a level where they'll just dominate and, and they'll be able to beat them this year. Yeah, I, here's all I'm going to say on the East. If Ohio State figured out how to be physical up front, on the, at least on their defense, and not get pushed around like Michigan pushed them around last year, then I think very clearly Ohio State's the favorite. But I, Michigan was just more physical, and I, I just got to see it. They, they brought in a new defensive coordinator. I believe they got the guy out of Oklahoma State. So things could change around. It'll be a great great test to see the them take on this Notre Dame team this Saturday. But yeah, yeah, I got Ohio State doing it too. I I think they're a little bit inexperienced up front, and that's gonna change, especially with the new D coordinator. I didn't even know about that, but uh, I, I, yeah, they lost two of some of the best receivers in college football, but they're also the deepest there, and they're just gonna reload there. So I got Ohio State, Michigan, uh. Penn State, actually, and then Michigan State or Indiana. I don't know which. And then uh, who really cares after that? It's Maryland and Rutgers. Down on Maryland this year, huh? They're, they're yeah. excited about their weapons. They're, they're going to score a lot of points, people are saying. I got to say, yeah, I'm glad we finally don't play them this year. I, yeah. I'm glad we don't play them. We played them, it seemed like, for six years in a row there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, all right. So that those are our picks for the uh, – uh, the Big Ten. Um, actually, the only one without the Gophers making the first Big Ten Conference Championship appearance. It's all right. But, guys, let's get in here to the game. Uh, you know, New Mexico State coming off a loss just five days ago, right? It's going to be a five-day break from Saturday game to the Thursday game. They lost 23-12 to to Nevada, who Nevada has a respectable football program. They're, I don't know what they're expected to do this year, but they're they're a decent football program. Um, Thing that jumped out to me was Mexico State five turnovers last week. That's a new coach. Gary's there, got to get himself integrated. But I was just expecting slightly cleaner football on the offensive end, at least. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't work out that way. They struggled to run the football um, through three picks or four picks. And, uh, you know, there's a weird scoring game, which Jerry Kill seems to get into 23 to 12. Um, Defense scored first. I, I was impressed with how their defense held up. 
thought their defense uh, played pretty well, actually, and looked well coached, which is something you can always expect from a Jerry Kill team. Um, but all that aside, which is probably the more important stuff, media is talking nonstop about Jerry Kill coming back to the U. He's made some um, pretty attention-grabbing quotes, I would say, whether it be about Fleck or just the U in general. Um, it's really made me think, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think this Jerry Kill media drama at all was strategic? Or as he retired and moved on and saw his guys get let go by the U, is he just bitter now? Is he just a bitter old man? Or was there some sort of planning on this, on Kill's part, to lead up to this game? I don't think it's um, just kind of him being bitter, just because it's, from the get-go, he kind of was pretty negative towards Mark Coyle the entire you know, university. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if the rest of it, you know, leading up to this game, someone's been kind of, you know, telling them, you know, Hey, get, get some things to drum up maybe a little bit, or it just doesn't seem like it's his type of deal to get into something like that, like a WWE promotion basically to get people talking, but whether or not he did it on purpose, I mean, it is getting people talking because there is no reason why this game will be exciting. Right. And Max, I think that you touched on it perfectly, honestly. I think that Jerry is, yeah, he is bitter about what happened um, after his tenure here, you know? We can't lie, he did a great thing for this program. He turned it around when we were at probably our worst ever in the history of the program. Um, He really did turn it around. Um, Just with the circumstances that happened and everything, and I just think that part of him felt like he was just turned on. Uh, and, and like you said, Max, not just like from a football standpoint, like as if the university itself, like Minnesota turned his back on him. Um, I, I think that he really does feel that way. I mean, we can see the quote, how he said he'll never stop foot, step foot back in the, you know, in, in the bank ever again, blah, blah, blah. Technically, he's telling the truth there. It's got a new name now. That's it. Right. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um, And yeah, Max, like you said, I don't think Jerry's not really all about the drama. You know, I worked on the football team when he was there. He's not really about drama. He's about football. Um, Just like the fluff and stuff that comes with everything he's not really into. But, you know, at the same time, I think from PJ's standpoint or, you know, maybe just to elicit some fire maybe maybe that that does entice you know the the media to to bring this up maybe he will use this as motivation to internalize it to make it personal against us i know certainly pj is gonna feel that way um and you know he'll motivate the team but jerry i'm sure that there's part of him that will try really motivate these guys to get after it simply because of his history with us so yeah i don't think it's planned either i I don't know. I like Jerry. I thought I don't get if he does feel the way like Minnesota turns back. I think everyone's really said nice things about him, but I do. I don't know what went on between him and like oil or the actual university. I'm sure there was, he had a bad experience, but I don't know. I, it just kind of turned me off. Cause he seems to always say something when it's like, all right, you're supposed to be this no nonsense or drama guy. And then you keep on, I don't know. He can't help himself. That's the nail on the head for me. What Sam just said there too. I, I, I think he even has a slight point to have some heart, a little bit of hard feelings because Coyle 
and Fleck, when they both came in, they talked about needing to change the previous culture. And I know there's that one incident which they used to let go of Clay's. Um, but I, and I, I'm not trying to just, you know, say that was like a nothing or it was what it was. But other than that, they uh, Kill came in and changed the culture, like, I'm not going to say in like a bigger way, but it, his road was much more difficult. And it's not like we had guys not showing up to class. Like, the academics were still going up under Kill as well. Fleck inherited a much easier uh, transition period, I should say, over Kill. And sure. and I think so. I think that's what the, you know, the kind of the spitefulness is coming from Kill, which I can understand to an extent. But I he's made comments about PJ and the stuff about PJ's, knowing PJ's ex-wife is just out of line. Why are you even talking about that? I know that... All of these kill responses are being prompted by questions he's getting asked, but you would think that he would have some sort of filter that you just don't go there, even if he feels he's justified over whatever over his feelings. You know what I mean? Um, it's just not necessary to put those things public. And then he, he does, like you said, Sam, he does then try and go into like, I'm just the old ball coach. Like, I am just the old ball coach. It's all I want to do is coach football. It's about the players. It's like it is, but you then you say this stuff. You got to know that that's blown up. Which I think he's definitely bitter. Um, but the way he keeps throwing it out there as we lead up, I think he maybe is just trying to get under the skin of PJ a little bit. And so maybe from that standpoint, I I say it's intentional. You know what I mean? Just to maybe yeah. get him a little less focused in. I don't think it's you know I don't think it's going to have that reaction. But I don't think. Jerry really cares. I don't know if in his heart, if, you know, if he was truthfully honest, I don't think he's got a lot of um, he's a football coach and a competitor he's going to want to win. I don't think he has a lot of hope to win, you know? I think he's just trying to get this team that he's inheriting building in the right direction. Which, by the way, I think he very could well I think he very well could do that. It's just, um, it's unfortunate that this has played out this way. And, uh, yeah, and I'm not but, oh, sorry. No, I was kind of wrapping it up there. What were you going to add? I'm not saying like he doesn't have even a right to feel a little like unappreciated for what he did, but that's like that wasn't like the state of Minnesota. I thought like fans were pretty supportive of him. It's the school that wasn't. But then to keep it going after this many years, it's just like all right, like enough's enough. Yeah, Jerry's probably a little bitter. Too. I mean, obviously the way things ended, and and people maybe forget too that Jerry wasn't fired. Jerry stepped down because of his health. Um, but yeah, he's definitely definitely bitter that all of his guys basically got thrown under the bus and and removed by by coil uh the other aspect of it too is it killed it a lot for just the entire athletic program for for the university of minnesota i mean all the the new facilities and all that stuff i mean he was behind most of that i'm pretty sure so i'm sure to see pj kind of take over the program in the state of it that it was you know it's kind of getting to a point where we were starting to make some noise uh, it's unfortunate he had to step down when he did and the reasons that he did because of his health. And I think everyone's glad that he was doing better and, you know, still in football. Um, but I, I can see where he has a, you know, maybe a little, it probably gets under his skin some that he he's seeing where the school is right now and kind of thinking like, man, like I kind of put the school where it was. <laughs> like you said, Kurt, when PJ picked it up, it wasn't in a terrible place. But um, yeah, the last thing too on it, he, he was asked a question about whether he'd shake PJ's hand after the game. And he didn't really give an answer, which I think that's probably gamesmanship to kind of be like, uh, like we'll see what happens kind of thing. Um, and I think part of that is like, if something happens, you know, he can maybe spin it to say like, well, PJ, you know, PJ did this, but 
We'll see I don't really understand know. the beef between the two coaches. Like, I understand maybe what, you know, just how you feel towards, you know, Minnesota, but I don't really understand that aspect of it. Right. And, I, and it, I don't know, PJ doesn't even say anything. That's the thing. It's not even like it's beef. It's just Gil being like, oh, this guy. And PJ's like, oh, I'm sorry. He feels that way. I'm, so I'm I, sure I, deep down, PJ like, wants to beat him bad, but. I, I agree with what you guys are saying, but I think I really think that Kill takes offense to like the changing of the culture thing. I, I think because Coyle right. and Fleck were using that a lot when they first got here. We got to change the culture. We got to change the culture. Oh, for and, sure. And I think maybe PJ's brain meant, meant that a little bit more in the football sense. I know he talks about all the other stuff and he does mean that stuff. I'm not trying to dismiss you know what he's talking about there, but I think I think Kill ran a pretty clean program and took offense to how the new AD and now Fleck talk about it. And I think that's where the drama comes from. I, but I, I agree. It's it's way out of line. I, I don't think, really don't think Fleck necessarily meant offense to, to Jerry. He's talked about how he worked under Jerry for a brief period and, you know, has respect for him, or at least he did. But, um, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to our next topic here. Um, you know, this is a quick one. I just I just want to get you guys' thoughts. New Mexico State having a game played, I think there's a little bit of advantage of that. But, guys, it's on five days rest traveling to a Big Ten school, you know, when you're just New Mexico State. that's That's got to be a disadvantage overall, right? Like, would you rather have the rest or would you rather have the first game under the belt there? Oh, that's a great question. I didn't think of it from that perspective. I was going to come in here and say, yeah, you know, you have a game under your belt. You know, you can kind of – you know, re you know, reconnect with everybody and kind of just reset and kind of say, Hey, here, here, and here we're making mistakes. We gotta do these things in order to execute a little better. But you're right, Kurt, like five days is uh it's a quick turnaround time. Um it's gonna be hard, especially going in, in the Big Ten. Um uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be hard for these guys. Across country, like you're coming from yeah. New Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> I would say from a mental standpoint, they're gonna be I guess from the X's and O's, they're going to be able to know how to execute and play a little better than they did before. However, just like the physical aspect and also like how mentally draining that can be, just traveling like that, turning around so quickly, um, just going to a Big Ten school, that's going to be really hard. So I feel like it's a mixture of both. But in the end, I think that... um, um, it's going to be more of a disadvantage for them um, because it's just going to be a lot to handle within a short ma- period of time. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, they really get two practices, right? That Sunday is their rest day. Then they get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm assuming is walkthrough slash travel. Thursday is game <laughs> like, um, and it's on the road. So like you guys said too, that's just, that's a lot. Um, it it could have, you know, they could have had a slight, I wouldn't even say it gives them really an advantage, but it would it would be something if they were to won last weekend too, or you know showed some a step in the right direction for where the program's at. But they didn't, and they, and they lost in kind of a really ugly game too. So to give Minnesota the tape, um, there's no way we're going to come in overconfident. Um, and two, New Mexico State's got kind of a quarterback problem where the guy who I think was supposed to be the starter. You know, turn the ball. I think he threw three interceptions and he fumbled once. The other kid's a true freshman. I think he's only been on campus since January, so I don't think there's any advantage to, to them playing last weekend. 
if it was any other team for me, I'd say, yeah, there's no advantage. If anything, this hurts short, short, and they have to fly. But it's the Gophers, and we historically play bad for our first game. It's a very, oh, very good point. It This game actually has me a little bit nervous. It's kill. They lost, I think, that almost – I mean, I didn't really watch the game, so I don't know how bad they were. But if Kill cleans it up and they come in, like, you know, just wanting just wanting to prove themselves and kind of shove it in or flex face, I could in say Fleck or the team comes out sloppy and Fleck comes out with a terrible game plan, I could see it being trouble. I think all we need to do is, you know, just give Mo the ball and have a semi-balanced plan and just, you know, not make stupid mistakes. But we'll see how special teams does and all that other stuff, even though it looked like we did improve, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, 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 I really don't think that we're going to be in trouble here. I know Bowling Green. I know Bowling Green happened. I'm aware. Illinois happened last year. I'm, I'm aware. This is a smaller team. Both those teams, new coach. I really think we're going to be able to lean on them. You know, new offensive line, still a big and old offensive line years-wise. Um, so you should be able to lean on them. I'm not saying all you have to do is run the ball. I'm hoping that's what we see as a dominant run, run uh, rushing attack, but we'll see. Uh, but I think, you know, you're obviously going to need some balance at the start, but I think eventually you'll be able to just lean on them and wear them down with, with your offensive line. And um, their offense was pretty bad, and I think the defense will be a strength of this team. So as far as, you know, that's getting into final score predictions. But Sam was nervous, so I'm trying to calm him down, everybody. He picked us to win the West, but now he's already a few minutes later nervous against New Mexico State. So we'll see. Um, And I I pulled up these questions kind of with how I think the game plan is going to go. I'm going to go to this one first, though. Uh, We talked about balancing out the attack. Guys, you know, we heard Kirk Soraka talk about, you know, everyone runs the RPO these days. Um, you have to have a counter to your RPO because so many defenses are are knowing they have to plan for it now. Um, which leads me to this. How many pass attempts do you think we'll actually see Tanner make? And I set the over-under at 18.5 pass attempts for this game. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to go with um, over. I think we'll have, he'll have 20, 21 pass attempts. And I, I, think, I think we're going to do that because... I just think with our new offensive coordinator, we're going to try and get back in the grooves how things were back in 2019. And what better way to do that than to kind of go in the air a little bit against a New Mexico State team who's not really that good. Why would we do that? Just simply to get confidence in Tanner Morgan. I think a confident Tanner Morgan, if he has, you know, can take reps against this team and like complete some good passes, I think that'll translate for the rest of the season. I think he'll be confident to make plays and same with the wide receivers he's throwing to. So I hope that they do throw the ball, you know, early in the season. So that way, when we need a big play, a big pass, we can nail it against games that really do count, especially against those big teams in the West. Yeah. I think it could be close to that, to that number. I think it's going to be under just because I think by the, by the second half, we're pretty much going to be running the ball most of the time. Um, so I'll take the under on the under attempts. That's uh, hard. I see both your points. Um, PJ does like to like try and run up the clock way too early rather than just keep the game plan that's working. Um, I'm gonna go under. Spence had me, and then I switched. I'm I'm going over for a lot of the reasons Spencer said. Um, 
But I think I think too with Soroka back, Soroka, um, it's just more of a trust between him and PJ. And I think, or at least maybe this is just me hoping, because I feel like I say this a lot of these non-conference games. But I hope this is a time they take to develop some of that passing game, building more confidence, kind of like like what Spencer was saying, but also. Uh, you wanna you wanna get these guys running the routes that they're gonna do, running the plays that they're gonna be needing to run, you know, later in the season against you know your tougher opponents in the Big Ten schedule. I'm not saying I'm not saying showing everything this first game against New Mexico State. I'm just saying you want to establish your bread and butter both in the run and the pass if possible that you're gonna rely on as the season goes. And uh, so I'm gonna take the over. I think he's going to throw it 23 times for four touchdowns as we rub it in Jerry's face for PJ. Um, now, I think, and having said that, I think we're also going to be rushing the ball a lot, effectively. And so this is where, this is kind of giving away my prediction, but how long do Mo and Trey stay in this game? And more importantly, I guess, specifically, they have more carries than the rest of the running back field combined, Mo and Trey. Yes, easily. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if I have to explain it. I just know this is PJ's philosophy. One A, one B. They're gonna hammer. We're gonna hammer the ball right down the middle against PJ. Just dominate. Yeah. Mo's back. We're just gonna grind him out. You know, it's gonna be fun to watch him play. Trey's back. You know, it's gonna be really fun. Um, I just, I just don't see anyone else getting well, the rest of the team getting as much carries as them. Not here's, at all. here's why I, I think I phrase this. That means I don't want to I personally, if it was up to me, I would stop Mo at 12 carries cause you don't need anything else. We know what Mo can do. Like I just, I want him in there to get us the lead mix in pots for another 12 that gives you 24 carries with two very good running backs against an inferior team that should get you a lot in this game obviously if different scenarios come up they're always there but i would like to see a lot of bryce williams and the freshmen get them reps in this game um as soon as possible heck if we're up 21 nothing at halftime start rolling bryce williams if if your defense is still shutting them down uh as i just no, I. If you lose Mo or Trey, all of a sudden that running back room looks thin to me. So that is that is why I pose the question. Now, do I think they'll have more carries than the rest of the running backs combined? Yes, I do. Um, it's just more of a not wanting to lose Mo, <laughs> like we did last year. Yeah, I I hope I, I much of Mo and much of Trey too, just because we don't even know what happened to Trey. And just out of curiosity to see what Zach Evans can do too. This would be a pretty good chance for him to, you know, get get a handful of touches against you know, this week, next week, even the following week too, uh, while still retaining his redshirt status. Um, but I think Mo and Trey, and I think specifically Mo, they're probably going to get the bulk of the carries just because, yeah, like that seems to just always be the case. They like to go with the top guys at running back. Um, I, just, I hope there isn't anyone on New Mexico State's defense that thinks they're going to win over Jerry Kill by taking a late shot at Mo. But did you guys lose Max, or is it just me? I did too. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. We lost Max. He was making fantastic points. Um, I think he is taking. You hear me? Now you're back. Okay. I think I hit the mute button. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and then so um, 
yeah, so go for football's back, guys. I just, you know, everyone's expecting this to be a W. It should be a W. You're a 36-point favorite. I know Bowling Green. I know Bowling Green. What are you guys, you know, looking at the most out of this game? What are you trying to get out? Like, are you watching Are you watching Tanner? Like, is he back to his 2019 form? Are you watching a specific guy? Are you seeing how the new old line comes into play? Like, I just want to know, like, what are you guys most excited about seeing other than just, of course, that go for football is finally back and, and we're here at the start of the season? Tanner and trenches. Like, both sides of the ball, I just want to see. Because I know we're, we're supposed to be reloading. We, didn't we get some transfers and stuff at uh, the D-line position? Uh, yeah, we brought in a few transfers on the D-line as well as in the secondary. Actually, both both lines we brought in transfers. So, yeah, so it'll be cool to see how they are without Mafe. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. And then also we were filling up some spots on the O-line. So I just want to see how they are because I know chemistry is huge with the O-line. And that, that O-line was brought up all together. So it'll be interesting to see how chemistry works there. And then I – we know which – like you said, we know what we're getting with Maul. Linebackers should be around the same of what it was last year, hopefully improving throughout the season. And then D-backs will be hopefully improving with more experience. And then all I want to do is see Tanner back to his old self. And then I guess we're reloading that wide receiver as well, but somewhat. Mm, nice, yeah. Yeah, what intrigues me most is Tanner Morgan. Uh, I mean, what, year six is this now? Um, he's needed, he needs to lead us. If he can play his best football of his career, I think you all would, would agree with this. We're going to the Big Ten Championship. If he has his best year out of all these years, we're going to go to the Big Ten Championship. I think it's that simple. I think all eyes are on him. He's got to lead us there. And I'm confident that he can do it. His old OC is back. I'm ready to see him put on a good show for us. Um, I would personally like to see us have a balanced approach. We're always going to rely on running the football, but I don't want us to just rely on solely doing that. Like When we need to go to the air, I want us to be able to you know, convert third downs, third and longs. You know, I don't want to run the ball, run on like second and long. I want us to try and throw for a chunk on second and long rather than run the ball, which is what we like to do often. You know, I kind of want to see those things. Um, but, you know, I, I guess another thing that I'm really excited to see, and this is on the defensive side of the ball, is the secondary. Kurt, you've touched on this before. This might be one of the best secondaries that we've seen in a while. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, if we can have a good prominent force up front with our D line. And if our linebackers are sound, just as they were last year, I know. And our secondary is on par. We're going to have one of the best defenses in the big 10 for sure. Cause our secondary is right there at the top. So I'm really excited. I, I think this team has a lot of potential. Definitely the deepest secondary. I think I've, we've seen at least in the last, at least under PJ for sure. Yeah, like like you guys said, I I'm also pretty curious about Tanner, uh, specifically for this game, just because I don't think he's going to be throwing that much. We don't, you know, we don't need him to to be at his very best. Just uh, replacing two defensive ends that are now in the NFL and Tomiwo and Mafe. Um, I'm really just curious to see how how much pressure we can put on this younger quarterback. Yeah, all all good answers. Um, mine might surprise you a little bit. I. Tanner, maybe I'm a little bit too reliant. I don't think he's going straight back to 2019. I just think I know who Tanner Morgan is at this point as a fan. And don't get me wrong, one of the better go for quarterbacks ever here. I just think I know what to expect from him at this point. Um, definitely better. He's going to be better than last year for sure. I think with 
uh, the OC coming back. I'm going to be watching the linebacking core because you lose Jack Gibbons. Mariano Sorimarin moves back to the middle linebacker. He was playing a lot better last year with Jack Gibbons' help. Um, I just think this is our th- maybe our least amount of depth we have positional-wise is probably at linebacker. You got Sori Marin at Mike, and then the Will's probably going to be Braylon Oliver, and Cody Lindenberg will get sprinkled in there as well. Behind them, you know, Donald Willis will be that third linebacker when we have four on the field. You got Josh Ayun, um, but I just – I don't know if that's how you pronounce that name. But anyway – I just, I'm not sure. Like, Braylon Oliver, we haven't seen get extensive playing time in a long time, it feels like. And Dory Martin has made strides, but I still remember what he was like as a Mike. And I, you know, he, he's got to be the guy now, year five. I'm watching linebackers. It won't be the biggest test, but I just want to make sure the communication's good and there's nobody running around. Don't get me wrong. It might happen someplace, but there should be nobody like just sprinting through like the wrong hole consistently. Like we have maybe seen like in the COVID year or early 55 years, you know, um, want to see them shedding blocks. Um, I know a lot of people probably would go with the offensive line answer Four new starters outside of John Michael Schmitz, who's going to be a stud in the center for us. I, I just think that with the age there, I, I'm really excited to see them. Don't get me wrong, but I, I maybe I'm I just have a lot of faith that they're going to be coming in strong. Um, not perfect. I don't think they're going to be as strong as last year's right off the bat, but I seriously think they have a chance to be not as dominant in the run, but maybe overall better in the passing uh, pass protection. And they're just more athletic. So I've heard that ter- that thrown out for this this group. So maybe we'll see more stuff in the screen game. And then if I were to pick an individual player, um, it just sounds like Michael Dixon on, on the back end is going to be playing some nickel and then also getting rotated in at safety and just used maybe as an outside linebacker at times too. Uh, so they're really just plugging him in everywhere. And I really liked his true freshman year, a season before he got hurt in the COVID year. So he's somebody I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. And yeah. I think a guy that's getting slept on and already forgotten about was last year's true freshman, Justin Wally. Um, he's already been locked in since like spring as like cornerback number one. So hopefully, and it sounds like he has, but hopefully he's been making the progressions you'd like to see out of the young corners. And yeah, I think this, I think we have a really good gopher team on, on our hands here. You guys want to do uh, your score predictions? Do it. I can go first. Yeah, go um, for it. So, Looking at the lines and the predictions, the Gophers, look at the consensus is around 35, 36 point favorite. Um, it's currently 36 and a half. 36 and a half? Yeah. Um, my prediction, I'm definitely going with the under for the game. Um, I, I don't know. I just think with, if our defense plays up to its potential, and seeing New Mexico State's offense, especially coming after a short week, um, not a lot of points coming on that end of the ball. And I think with our team, you know, just keeping it simple, a lot of run game, eating up a lot of the clock. I think the Gophers win 38 to a late three. Ooh, I like it. barely don't cover. Nice. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about this all day today. Um, That line, that spread line, as I watched it over the past week or so, it seems like it's creeping up. up. Um, I just don't see that happening. I don't know. Like Sam touched on it a little bit ago. 
usually these first few games are aren't like the crit, most crisp games that the Gophers play. Um, I guess the best first game I've seen in a long time by them it was last year against Ohio State. I thought that they played decently, but they did give us some really big plays. But um, I think the Gophers do dominate, but I'm not giving them the 36 and a half. I think that they'll win 42 to 10 against Gary Kill's team. I like it. Barely hitting the under as well. Our total points go. Sam, you want to want to go next? Yeah, I think it's forty-two seventeen. I think for some reason Jerry pulls off way at the end, and they get like a lucky two touchdowns, and they end up getting like a field goal at the end for just like garbage field goal time. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be closer because we'll play bad, and Jerry will let let his foot off the gas pedal too early. Jerry or, or PJ? Or sorry, I kept saying Jerry. <laughs> PJ, yeah, PJ. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with that. I think the Gophers will uh, come out strong. I think it'll be seventeen nothing after quarter one. But I think PJ from then on will kind of go back to just coasting. I don't think their offense is going to do a ton. But I, you know, I was kind of impressed with the uh, defense of New Mexico State a little bit. Um, so I I think that's going to help them cover. I got the Gophers. Uh, I got the Gophers at thirty six, and I have New Mexico State. I think they muster up nine points. I don't know how they get there, but I got thirty six to nine. I got the Gophers winning. And these games are just always we're all predicting big scores. I feel like we all did this last year, and the non conference wasn't very good last year, and they were still pretty close. But uh, you know, see see how it goes from here. We all got the Gophers winning. No one's gotten covering though. That's okay. Um, yeah, let's let's just let's close off here, guys. With just there's obviously college football's back. Some big games here this weekend, especially in the Big Ten. Let's pick some spreads. Uh, you have also on Thursday night the kickoff an hour before the Gophers, which makes me mad because I hate not getting to finish this game. Uh, you have Penn State visiting Purdue in a huge game. Uh, I think it's going to decide a lot in the Big Ten. Penn State at Purdue. Penn State is three and a half point favorites currently. Who do you guys like in that one? Penn State. Like they kind of already covered it. They're, they're going to be better than last year. Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. I think Penn State will be a better team than last year. Um, and Purdue, there's a lot of hype going with Purdue. I, I like their quarterback, but they're losing Bell. They're they're losing, I think, one of their defenders. I'm forgetting his name. Um, or to call office. Yeah, that's right. That was the backer there, right? Um, uh, I think it was D end or D tackle. Yeah, okay. defensive lineman. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think that they're going to take a slight step back, Purdue, just, just because of those reasons. Honestly, um, I am not a believer in them, um, so I got to go with Penn. Hey, I personally, I'm going to take Purdue. I think Purdue can win the game, um, just with how how good Aiden O'Connell has been. Um, and I actually think Penn State's going to take a slight step back. Uh, I just I don't believe in their offense. I don't think their defense is going to be quite as good. Uh, I also think James Franklin might end up on the hot seat this year. I don't really think after that huge extension they just gave him. Yeah, I mean I shouldn't say like necessarily in the hot seat like going to be fired for sure, but like I just feel like Penn State frustrated is fan base. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I feel like James Franklin is just going to kind of. You know, he might feel a little bit towards the end of the year. Not that that affects this game, but... Yeah. You know, I I was thinking I was going to take Purdue the entire time. Something just tells me Penn State's going to get this one. I think it is close. I think 
Purdue has the best quarterback in the West. Penn State, though, over the last three years, even last year, even though it didn't go the way they wanted, they still started out strong. I think they'll be ready to go for this one. So I like Penn State in a close one, but this is such this such a such a weasel thing to do because it's like on the fence. I think Purdue. I'm with you, Max. Purdue could win, and it would not surprise me. But I do think Penn State gets them. I think they cover. You covered all your bases. Yep, I did. I just see. <laughs> I, I told you it could happen. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm going to take Penn State though. All right. Um, well, this one I want to do as well. This is a Friday night game. I just think it's interesting. Illinois. At Indiana, Indiana is the three-point favorite. I'm just going to go right away. I love Illinois to cover that. Um, I think Illinois is going to win a close one, but you're giving me you know, points on them, and they don't even have to win. They looked physical last game. They looked, uh, I guess, feisty is a good word for them, and I just think they have the best player in the field. In Is it Chase Brown? I don't think his first name's Chase, but the running back for Illinois Great player. We saw that last year, and uh, I think Illinois gets the job done on the road. I like Illinois to cover against Indiana. Yeah, I agree with you, Kurt. I just think that, like you said, Illinois is just a scrappy team. Indiana, I just don't know if they're going to be able to to be on par with what they were a couple years ago. I think that they're going to have another down year this year. Um, I and like you, I do not just have them Illinois covering. I have them winning this game outright. So. I'm with you. I think that Illinois will cover. Same here. I'm going to Illinois. I think they can definitely win. Um, I think Illinois is favorite if they're at home. They have to go to the bounce house, so it makes it a little bit trickier. Sam, who you got? Sam, I think you're muted. Oh, sorry. Yep, I was. Right. I was talking, making some great points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I said they were frauds, and so I don't want to go with them, and all you guys did. So I'll go with Indiana. Truthfully, I think Indiana <laughs> takes another year before they're kind of back on pace and kind of, you know, having a good year how they were a couple years ago. Yep. Saying that, uh, Illinois is scrappy. So, but no, I'm going with Indiana. They're frauds. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right. And then there's uh, there's just some big matchups this week. Let's get let's get this first one here. Oregon, I think they've, oh, it's in the Georgia Dome, I believe. In Atlanta, Oregon versus Georgia. Georgia is a 17-point favorite. Oregon does okay in these new these new games, uh, early games, I meant to say, but they do have the new head coach. He, he knows Georgia, so that's what makes it really interesting. I know Georgia lost a lot, but they've been recruiting like crazy per usual. I think 17 points is right on the nuts, so I think Oregon scores late to cover. So I'm going to take Oregon to cover the points. Nice. <clears throat> I have to go with Georgia. I think they're, they're going to reload. They're going to be a great team this year. Um, I'm not really sure about the Ducks. Um, new coach and everything. It's in Atlanta, so it's just going to be home field advantage for Georgia there. It's going to be a tough environment. Um, I, I just think that Georgia is going to dominate this game. 17 points is pretty steep especially against a solid, uh, you know, team and and it's the first game of the year, but they're just going to ride that high out, you know, this whole season, I think. And I think they'll have a good opportunity to compete for the playoffs. So I have Georgia. One here. I, in my heart, I want to pick Oregon, but my gut tells me Georgia. I do think I'm going to take the Ducks just because, I mean, Georgia, Georgia's losing so much off their defense. 
with a lot to replace. I mean, I think they'll still win fairly easily, but I don't know if 17 points for the first game of the season against a fired-up Oregon team with Bo Nix uh, being his first year with the Ducks. I'll take Oregon. You guys said Bo Nix? Yeah. <laughs> Bo Nix is on the Ducks. All right, that makes sense now. I saw a tweet, so I was a little confused on that tweet, so that makes sense. I've been a little bit off on my news lately, but I am going to go with Oregon just because it's a lot of points, and they lost a lot of O-linemen, or, or Georgia did. Wow, really? All of you are going with Oregon? That's I a just, lot of points. Vince. It is a lot of points, but I don't not, know. How, not, I, here's, here's the thing. How, is or, how are they going to score? But I, I really, I really don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to score that much. A lot of new, lot of new faces on that Georgia defense. Might take them some time to see all the tricks that Oregon will wrinkle in. And plus, their head coach is Georgia's former defensive coordinator, so he knows what they're going to be looking at. That's my case. That that's a good point. I'm just looking at it from the talent. Yeah, no, I think Georgia <laughs> wins. I think Georgia wins for sure. And probably barely. still by two scores. So yeah, um, it covers by. This barely. also reminds me. This also reminds me of the Ohio State game last year. I mean, Ohio State was like a fourteen and a half point favorite, and Oregon won outright. Oh, there you go. At the shoe. Yeah, but I mean, completely different teams, obviously. But yeah, won me a couple hundred bucks. What? Oh, won money off that, that for game. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a four leg parlay, and there like, I had a couple upsets, and they both happened. So yeah, we only put like twenty dollars on that. Uh. This one I thought was interesting, too, and then we'll get to the Ohio State one. Um, you have Utah going to Florida, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Utah is a three-point favorite over Florida. Mm-hmm. It's always tough going to the Swamp, but Utah is an experienced team. They have a good coach. i like them to win by a touchdown in the Swamp and start off the season strong. I'm taking Utah to cover on the road. Yeah, you know what, Kurt? And in- I, I'm going to go with you, too. I, I think that Utah will win this game. Um, it seems like Florida has been in some turmoil for the past year or two internally. Just, I don't know, like, their players just seem to have, like, this disassoci- disas- disassociative attitude where they're just trying to get to the NFL, you know, which which is okay. But, I mean, it's your, your football team is going to suffer. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to get over that this year. Um, I, and, and Utah, like you said, is an experienced, solid team. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with the Utes here. Yeah, I'm also going to go Utah. Everyone's hyping up Florida quite a bit. I know they've got a talented quarterback. Uh, some people are talking about Heisman already, but we'll see. He's big and strong and fast, but I, who knows? Uh, Utah did go toe-to-toe with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, they got Sam Rising back, their quarterback. He's a stud. Um, I think Utah, coming out of the Pac-12, I mean, Utah's a kind of a sneaky playoff team, potentially. Um, also, Florida's got a new head coach, Billy Napier, coming from uh, UL Lafayette. So, we've got a group of five coach coming to the Swamp as well. So, we'll see what he can do, but I got Utah. This is another hard one. So, my thoughts, I hate going with anyone in the SEC, so there's that bias. That's a long flight. Then again, Florida does. The games I see Florida play, especially at the start, do seem to be god-awful. Um, yeah, I'll go with Utah. Why not? Yeah. and uh, It really scares me that we all picked Utah in one of the <laughs> tougher games. Yeah. I just don't believe in Florida right now. Um, 
who is their coach Dan Mullen? I don't know if he has a good he's grasp he got of his fired. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he didn't have a he good does. grasp of his team, you know. And I just don't know if they'll be able to put it all together this year. It might take a little bit, you know. Florida's traditionally just, you know, historically a good team, but I'm just not so so sure about it. I'm with you there. Okay. Big showdown of the weekend is happening Saturday night in Columbus. You have Ohio State hosting Notre Dame. Ohio State is currently a 17.5 point favorite over Notre Dame. Actually, ESPN says the lines moved to 17, so the Irish gained a point there. We'll go with the 17 point spread. I like Ohio State to win this game. I think Notre Dame being at five is a tad high um, for them preseason. I think they're Close to the top 10, maybe in the top 10. I don't know if they're in the top five, though. I don't think I'd have them above Michigan like they are now and stuff. Um, so I am going to go... Gosh, that's a lot of points. That's so many points for the first game of the year. We just brought up the Oregon game from last year. I'll, I'll just cheer for the Big Ten. I'll, I'll go Ohio State covers, beats them by three touchdowns. But I, I, that doesn't... My heart or my brain tells me that's not the smart pick, though. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Max. Yeah, I was going to agree with you, Kurt. I'm, I'm taking Ohio State as well. Um, this one screams backdoor cover, but I I got to take the Buckeyes. Well, we, this is a good test for, no, for Notre Dame. Uh, so for me, I, I, I don't think that Notre Dame should be ranked five. I think that is a little too high, but I do believe in Notre Dame. I don't think that they're going to win against Ohio State, but I don't think that they're going to lose by – uh, by 17 points. So I'm going to go with the Irish to to cover the spread here. And, um, yeah, I think, like I said, Ohio State, I have them win the West. Um, I think that they're going to, you know, be one of the best teams in the country. But um, I don't think that they'll beat Notre Dame by 17. Who all did Notre Dame lose? That's a good amount. They lost their superstar, Kyle Hamilton. No, is that his name? Yeah. Safety? Yep. Last year. Anyway, they lost him. I believe Jack is Jack Cohn gone finally. Yeah, he is. I think they lost the quarterback. Um, well, new Cohn coach. wasn't even there last year, right? Or was he? Cohn was there last year. Oh, he was. Okay, I don't know why I thought they had someone else. My year off. I swear he's. I swear he was there last year. But anyway. Well, that's nothing. Oh, never mind. Pretty sure they lost Cohn too. Uh. Anyway, so they lost. They lost. They 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 had to reload a little bit, like most of the top teams do. They lost some guys to the NFL and graduation, but they're they're still good. They have enough back. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Ohio State then, um, purely because I feel I just got a gut feeling there's gonna be all these like jokes and like memes out there just making fun of Notre Dame for getting blown out their first game. I just see that happening. I don't know why. Um, that's a lot of points, but screw it. Go to Ohio State. All right. I like it. And I before we close off here, I just there is no spread for this. I was gonna pick it just for fun. Uh Illinois State is playing Wisconsin to start the year, and Zach Anikstead is the starting quarterback for Illinois State. So uh Zach, if you're listening, all of Gopher fans are rooting for you. Go get him, man. And, yeah. Uh, good luck. Yeah. yeah. Luck on his season. He was, you know, enjoyed having him here. Wish him all the luck now. And, yeah, guys, that'll do it for another episode of Sky U Pod. Um, it's just great to have college football back. 
Gophers. We're going to see what the new guys can do, the new starters can do against uh, Jerry Kill squad here this Thursday. I'll be at the game. I'm pumped. It's a late start, but you know, only one one work day to get through afterwards. But uh, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, we'll be here to recap it and preview the game after that. And uh, yeah, go Gophers.